Kevin O'Brien, thanks a million for coming in to see us. No problem. I was going to introduce you as um, Kevin O'Brien from the Irish men's cricket team, but you're a lot more than that now. Stints in, in um, Canada, Afghanistan and then Nepal coming up this year. So exciting times for you getting to travel the world, play cricket. Yeah, it's been a busy um, 2018, I suppose, for, for me with, with the Irish team first and foremost. But as you said, those three tournaments, you know, very lucky to get involved and, and be picked up. Um, you know, the Canada, Canada tournament in July was was a, a good experience to be able to play with. You know, the likes of Luke Gronke, Shahid Afridi, um, Sohel Tanvir, who are very big T20 players around the world, and you know, to be able to play against against you know, like Chris Gale, Andre Russell, it was a great learning curve. Um, you know, in, in, a, in a country that I've played cricket once or twice, but you know, um, that was 2010, maybe a long time ago. So. Yeah, and the Afghan League was a, was another eye opener. You know, over in Dubai was again. You know, some of the world's best players were there. Rashid Khan. You know, all the the big Afghanistan mm. players were there. And you know, you know, obviously Sterlo was on my team as well. So it was good to have a little bit of home comfort as well. Um, yeah. And then heading off to Nepal on the fourth of December, which is another exciting chapter. And you know, I've never played there before. And you know, I've heard um, the following for cricket is as as passionate as India. So. The crowds promise to be um, very big. Yeah, I mean, for for kind of people who are outside cricket, who don't really know how it works. How how do you get picked up by these leagues? Because you know Ireland's T20 results haven't been the best over the last couple of years. Maybe not our strongest format, but yet here you are going away to to different franchise leagues around the world and and you know earning big contracts there. So how how does it kind of work? Yeah, so I me, mean, I'm I'm first and foremost contracted with cricket Ireland, um, <clears throat> so I can only really play in these tournaments if there's no Irish games uh, happening at the same time. So I've been fortunate enough over the last probably six or seven years to to gain certain contracts around the world um, when there's no when there's been gaps in the Irish schedule. So um, you know, so yeah, you just put your, you put your name in the hat. You know, you express your interest. Um, usually, most of these tournaments are on a draft basis, mm. so you put yourself in at a certain category of price or a certain round number that you want to get picked up in and you know if you're fortunate enough to go ahead of that round or get picked up for more than your base contract well and good but you know if you miss out on your round or your, your prize category you you can only go as a replacement mm -hmm. player um, so the two tournaments the Afghan League and the Canadian League I was signed as a replacement player and um, so I've got to give my brother Niall who's my agent he got to give him a high five you know he's once the, once the draft finished you know he was on the case of the team owners and, and the team captains, you know, kind of saying if you need a replacement, you know, Kev's available mm. for the whole tournament and and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's it's just probably look at a draw. You know, you've got to be in the in the minds of the team owners and the team captains when the draft takes place. Um, you know, and then obviously hope, hopeful that your previous performances over the last couple of years, whether it be in, for Ireland or in another global tournament uh, like a franchise league you know that the uh, owners or team captains were there and they take notice yeah when you're when you're going to the table to to, to try <coughs> to put yourself forward does does bangalore 2011 still hold a lot of weight in that regard i mean it's you know what seven years ago now but does it still you know owners and franchises look at that and you know kev has obviously got a reputation to be able to do that yeah i'd imagine so i think you know it probably wouldn't be as fresh in their memory but you know um it certainly would identify the skill set that I have, um, you know. But I'd like to think that innings has since then, mm. you know, um, certainly for Trinidad in the Caribbean League over the two seasons, um, you know, my stint with Gloucester and you know, uh, stints with Surrey and Somerset would have would have shown something as well. So, you know, it's I think most of the cricketing world know, you know, what I can do with a cricket bat, um, and obviously with the with the ball in the field, um, you know, my skill set's been pretty consistent over the last seven or eight years. Mm. So. I suppose that the, the innings in 2011 would, would, would kind of refresh some memories for owners and captains, but you know, I think having played in a lot of tournaments, well, 
a few of the tournaments around the world, you know, a lot of the captains are similar players play in, in, in all these tournaments, mm. so it's just all about building friendships and, you know, if, if you've played under one captain in one tournament and he's, you know, involved in another, you just try and, you know, drop him a quick message and say, listen, I'm in at this price, consider me like when my name comes up, so fortunately I've been lucky to to get a couple of contracts overseas. Yeah, you mentioned Niall there, who's, who's since retired from international cricket. He's now your agent. How, how, <coughs> how much have things changed, I suppose, from now even to when you first kind of were going over to England on the back of 2011? How have things changed? Because presumably then it was kind of you kind of negotiating it all yourself and, and now Niall's there for you. Yeah, well actually Niall negotiated my first contract okay. in 2011 um, with Gloucestershire when John Bracewell was, was coach. Um, and then since then, probably until 2000 16 maybe and I were I was my agent was a guy called Rich Hudson who worked for essentially um over in London so so since then so from about 2016 onwards Niall kind of worked with essentially part-time um and then Rich had to step away to to pursue a new job with the PCA in England and, and essentially we were now called CSM group um you know they offered Niall a kind of more advanced part-time role and Niall took over myself and Paul Sterling as well, as, as well as other players around mm. the world. So, um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's, it's good having your brother fighting your battle for you. Mm. Um, you know, you know it, it, it's changed a lot since 2011 uh, when, when Niall negotiated the first deal in, in, in Gloucester. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully he can negotiate a few more deals in the coming years. Sure. Do you have to be, you know, obviously you've played in a couple of tournaments, as you said, but when you're going over to these tournaments, you're playing against the world's best players for, you know, they're being paid a lot of money. Do you have to be confident in yourself? I mean, not only your cricket abilities, but not to kind of undervalue, undersell yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, <coughs> probably over the last couple of years, I've probably gone in at slightly lesser um, category than I would have maybe in 2013, 14. Um, you know, the first couple of years, I went in at a fairly low value just to get in, get involved in the system and in, onto the circuit. Um, you know, and then probably you kind of push your price up as uh, the more successful you are. And you know, it's probably now because I'm not because re- I'm not really in the limelight as much as someone like Sterlow, for example. Mm. Um, um, I, I kind of put myself in a slightly lesser value, just hope in, in the f- hope that someone will pick you up and see you as a, as a kind of bargain buy. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 you know, it's a great environment to have. It's um, I'm very lucky that Cricket Ireland can afford me the time to go and. I've been very fortunate that a lot of the tournaments have taken place when there hasn't been any Irish games. So, um, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to get over and experience them. Yeah, and you're heading off to Nepal now for, for three <coughs> weeks. That's we were talking before we came on there. Huge crowds over there. It's a real strong emerging cricket nation. Yeah, you know, I think cricket is as passionate there as it is in India, for example. Um, of course, the population wouldn't be as big, but, you know, I was speaking to someone probably a couple of years ago and they were covering a game. Um, it, USA v Nepal in Kathmandu, um, and there was probably 25,000 at the match. Um, so I've never played in front of 25,000 apart from that wor- the odd World Cup yeah. match. Um, you know, certainly it, when I play for Railway down in, in Park Avenue, there's nowhere <laughs> near that number. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just the experience of going over and, and, and experiencing those crowds and, you know, that, that environment and the pressure that you're going to be under is, you know, has been one of the you know, the, one of the three overseas players mm. in the team. So, um, you know, there's six teams involved, so there's only 18 overseas players. Um, so I'm very fortunate enough that I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, and obviously playing for the, I suppose, the biggest team in Kathmandu, um, you know, it's, it will have its own pressures, and you know, but I'm, I enjoy that kind of environment and hopefully yeah. I can go over and be successful. Yeah. That was my next question. Do you, do you put yourself under pressure when you're going over to these tournaments? Because obviously, you know, there's an next tournament coming around the tracks and a good performance there will put you in the shop window for that tournament. Whereas vice versa, you know, poor performances <coughs> might 
move you out of the, the shop window for the next tournament. How do you, how do you kind of deal with that pressure? Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of two or three different types of pressures. You know, that one there is, is, is one, you know, um, I think if you, the thing with that is if you're, if you're constantly thinking of if I do well here and I might get this, that's mm. all well and good, but then you, you might put a bit of negative pressure on yourself. Mm. Um, so I try not to do that. Obviously, it's easier said than done, you know. Um, you know, you're thinking if you get a couple of scores here, you know, who's watching, you know, the games might be on TV in India and then all of a sudden, you know, it might open a few other doors. Um, there's obviously the pressure you put on yourself is the, your own personal pride and your performances. Um, and then also, you know, the team owners are paying you X amount of money. Um, so there's obviously that pressure as well to perform for them um, and for the crowd at the game. So you know, they're all different types of pressures, but equally, you know, it's a good pressure to have to be in a, uh, as a sp professional cricketer, um, you know. It's certainly, you know, if, if I didn't have the, these opportunities, you know, it would be a pretty dull and dreary de December here yeah. and traipsing to the gym and at seven in the morning in yeah. pitch darkness. So. Sure. You mentioned Nolan there, obviously he has retired. <coughs> it would be strange for you to, to walk into an Ireland dressing room now in 2019 and for him not to be there. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, really strange. You know, obviously Nyler made his debut in 2002. He was there when I, well, he, he, was, he was in the team when I played in 2006. So we played a lot, a lot with each other. Um, you know, it's always good having a, a brother there in the team that you can kind of bounce off and, and feed off. Um, yeah, so it will be very strange. Um, you know, I think not just for me, but for you know all the guys who have played with Nile over the years. And, you know, this dressing room will certainly be a quieter, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I know he'll, he'll be probably in the commentary box, or you know, he'll be covering, watching the games back home. And yeah, you know, he'll he'll be rooting for us as, as much as he was when he was playing. So um, yeah, I mean, we'll miss him in the team. Um, from his performance's point of view as well, but obviously his character within the team, you know, he was a driving force. Um, you know, he, he sta his standards were hugely high. Um, you know, he never let his standards slip. Um, you know, and he certainly asked that of his teammates to, to not let, the, let them slip either. So, yeah, he, I mean, a big shoes to fill for whoever, whoever takes the position. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll try our best to, to continue on and, you know, hopefully it, we can move on a little bit quicker than, than we did, let's say, when Alex Cusack and Trent retired mm. in kind of end of 2013-14, so, um, you know, they were big shoes to fill and, you know, it probably took us a year or two to fill them. Yeah, that was my next kind of question. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Nile's retirement couple with Ed Joyce's two huge losses in the team. Is it fair to say that the team is kind of going through a, a transitionary phase now heading into 2019 because, as you said, they're two very experienced campaigners, two guys who have performed consistently with the bat in all formats for Ireland over the last few years? Yeah, two huge shoes to fill, you know, two unbelievably class players, you know, probably arguably two of the best that we've produced, um, batting batters anyway for certain. Um, yeah, so it, it, it is a bit of a transition phase and I suppose we need to kind of make that transition phase as quickly as possible. Um, I think the T20 format is, is potentially a good area to, to look at experimenting a little bit, um, whether, you know, Graham and, and Gary see that as well, you know, obviously with, with um, the World Cup qualification now a year away. Mm. Um, for the next T20, which is crucial for us to be involved in, but probably ultimately the 2023 World Cup is also a big tournament. You know, um, it's four years away now, but the qualification process starts, I think, in a year and a half. So, you know, we need we need to be ready to go when that tournament starts, and you know, we need to have our best kind of 15 or 20 players who are playing consistently and you know who are confident and you know firing all, on all cylinders. Yeah, if you talk about the golden generation of 2007-2011, there's only three of the 2007 World Cup squads still playing yourself, Will Porterfield and, and Boyd Rankin. So things have moved on. As you're talking about there, it's now important to kind of fill those shoes and, and move on, bring new players through in, in all formats of the game. 
Yeah, you're making me sound older <laughs> since I've been in the team since 2007, sorry, 11 or 12 years. So, yeah, but you know, I suppose that's just a natural uh, yeah. transition for our teams. But, um, you know, certainly looking back on those teams, you know, what, what we had in those teams in uh, 07, 11, and 15, you know, we, we, we have here at the moment as well, you know, the, the, the fighting character, you know, we've got some match winners in our team, and we just need to be more consistent, you know, myself included for sure, you know. Uh, in, in all formats, bowling, batting, fielding. So that's the biggest thing in cricket. You know, mm. if you can if you can find consistency at the at, at the right times, you know, you can go into tournaments full of confidence, knowing that you've got players who can win games. You know, in a flash. Um, mm. You know, we certainly have two or three with the bat. You know, we've got two or three with the ball. Um, we just need to find more of them. Sure. Looking back on 2018, I suppose first from a team point of view, how do you kind of reflect on it? Yeah, well, ultimately very disappointing in my opinion. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was the World Cup qualifiers, mm. and I said it in in January when you know before we headed off. You know, I said that's the biggest three weeks for Irish cricket. Um, mm. You know, we played some very good cricket at, at that tournament, um, but ultimately when when crunch time came, we 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 couldn't handle the pressure, or we didn't handle the pressure as well as we could and should have. Mm. Um, you know, and we lost games where we we should have won. Um, you know, we should have beaten West Indies and chasing two fifteen against Zimbabwe. You know. Nine times out of ten, we'll chase that four or five down. Um, if we had done that, you know, we would have been going into the Afghanistan game, top of the table, and qualified for you know another glo global tournament. But you know, it wasn't to be. Um, we learned our lessons, and you know, that's one thing that you know is great about this team is, you know, when we have setbacks, we we are not we're not slow in putting them right. Um, so that's a, an important characteristic to have going forward. And of course, the test match was a hugely um, positive thing. Although the result, you know, wasn't what we wanted, but you know, I think we, we proved ourselves that you know we belong at Test cricket at, the at that level, and we played very well. And you know, the week, you know, with the crowd support, the atmosphere, and, you know, everything with the past players on the Sunday afternoon, you know, was was, was pretty cool and great to be involved in. Um, and I think T20 probably was an area where we realised that we, we where we need to improve. Um, you know, as I mentioned, like the power in, within the team, the power hitters, um, and that's an area. If you look at teams around the world, you know, they've got three or four players who can hit sixes, you know, consistently. And at the moment, we don't have that. Um, so hopefully, you know, the players are working on that in, in training, and I know they are. But hopefully, we can go into the the Oman trip now in, in end of January, February time with, with a lot of confidence for T20. Yeah, personal point of view though, special week in Malahide, that test match for everyone, but for you in particular, becoming Ireland's first test century and that must have been an incredibly special day. Yeah, I was yeah, very proud, you know, I think what makes it even better was, you know, having mum and dad there as well and, and my wife Ruth Ann, but um, ultimately the position we were in, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were kind of, again, backs against the walls, it's similar enough to 2011. Um, when you know we were looking like we were could could lose by an innings, but um, yeah, it was it was great just to be able to stand up against the Pakistan bowlers and you know myself and Tomo and um, myself then and Tyrone, um, you know dug in and he got us got us up to 160 odd ahead and you know certainly come Monday afternoon when they were 50 for three I think it was it gave us a it gave us an outside chance of winning, but um, ultimately you know we. We um, we just let it slip, and you know they they got over the line in the end. But you know, as you said, an immensely proud week for me personally, um, of course, and the team and family as well. So, yeah, it's something that you know can't be taken away. And hopefully now, when when Cricket Ireland get that honours board, I'll be <laughs> I'll be there to uh, unveil it as yeah. as the first century. Yeah. Presumably, you've watched that innings ba innings back. Yeah, I watched a little bits of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I watched actually I watched probably last week just lying in bed just 
trying to drift off and just you just Google Ireland v Pakistan and you know up it comes. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched much of it. You know, it's something that you know I'll probably say for when I retire yeah. is if I can get the full match highlights or full match of the the England game and also the Pakistan game. I'll you know I'll sit back and put on the DVD and yeah. have. A Do you remember much of it? Just you know. Going back over it, obviously, was it long enough innings? Would it been a test innings? So do you kind of remember bits of it being wrecked at the end, or you know? Different yeah, like that? I remember pretty much all of it. Um, you know, it's I could probably explain. You know, my first scoring shot, I could explain this and that. You know, how I got to fifty, and you know, the nerves I felt in the nineties and all mm. ninety nine and stuff. And yeah, you know, I remember towards the end of the day, I was absolutely shattered. Um, I was at the non-strikers end. I kept like kneeling down and just. I close my eyes just to kind of try and get some energy back, mm. and you know, because I've never batted for over five hours mm. before, um, and you know, mentally more so than, than physically, I was just absolutely gone, mm. um, and probably that's ultimately I think that's what led to the next next day getting out first ball. Yeah, um, you know, obviously phone went off. The, when I go back to the hotel, yeah. you know, phone was going mad, Twitter and WhatsApps and phone yeah. calls and text messages and stuff. And, I just couldn't let Sunday go on Monday morning. I, as much as I tried, you know, I was probably still in Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. in, in my mind and, and mentally. And you know, ultimately, a basketball is a terrible ball first up. And if, it was, if that was Sunday afternoon, mm -hmm. I probably would have left it. I hit it for four, and yeah. you know, ultimately nick it and the keeper. And I'm just as I nicked it, I was in my head going, "You absolute plonker!" Yeah. Um, and I just had to slowly trudge off. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think mum and dad were even in the ground when I got out. So um, you know, disappointed that they yeah. didn't see me get out, yeah. but. Um, yeah, but also relieved that Dad didn't see me play the shot. Yeah, two completely different situations, circumstances, achievements, games. But what was sweeter, if you can say, 2011 going to your century against England in Bangalore or Pakistan? Uh, they're, they're two completely different yeah. things. But I mean, probably obviously feel the same. I think you know, probably you know, probably still the England game because we won it. Yeah. Um, but you know, also test a test hundred is is special. You know, mm. not many people get them. Um, you know, to be the first for Ireland is in in our maiden test matches is pretty special as well. So, if there is one, it's it's very very, you know, it's a small margin. Um, you know, but probably just the ba Bangalore game and you know where it happened and who like, who it was against and, and we won the game probably just overshadows it ever so slightly. Yeah, if we sat here in twelve months' time and asked the same question, potentially a Lord's century might. Yeah. Why top it all? Obviously, you have plenty more opportunities this year to, to get a test century for Ireland. That's the real positive, isn't it? That there's huge opportunities now, particularly in test cricket, coming up over the next 12 months. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've got a, a huge test against Afghanistan in, in March. So, you know, we've obviously played them a lot in 50 over cricket and T20 cricket over the last five or six years and the odd four-day game. And, you know, the games are always close, mm. closely competitive. So, um, you know, it's going to be difficult over in their conditions um, over in India. So... But, you know, we've just got to go over there with, with confidence and knowing that we've beat them before in, in four-day cricket, we've beat them before in T20s and 50 overs. So, you know, we know their strengths, we know their weaknesses, you know, but they know ours as well. So it's going to be a very close tour. And as you said, we got the big the big test for me, you know, is is, is Lords. You know, it's it's what you dream of as a kid mm -hmm. playing in Lords. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to play a couple of T20s there and, and obviously the 50 over yeah. at ODI in 2017. So, yeah, but I think the test match will over, will be much bigger than that you know you've got a week of you know it's, the ground's going to be sold out for four days in a row that's mm. for sure um, and it's going to be a great occasion yeah before that not not to kind of end on a negative but you did mention the world cup and 
you know, Ireland won't be there, partly down to the reason the ICC's decision to reduce that to 10 teams. You know, it's obviously been well talked about, well documented, huge disappointing. What will that kind of feel like watching it when that tournament kind of develops? Because as you say, Ireland has been at pretty much every global tournament since 2007. It's if I watch it, it's going to be different. <laughs> um, you know, I, I try not to watch too much cricket, okay. um, but I'm, I'm sure I will watch a few games. You know, yeah. but um, I'll try not to watch. But yeah, no, it will be difficult knowing that you know we've been there the last three World Cups and I think five or six T20s in a row. So yeah, it's going to be very difficult to watch. You know, and, and looking at teams and, and thinking that you know if that was us, you know, we could we do better? Would we do better? You know, just it's 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 going to be. Frustrating to watch um, as well. So, but you know, also we weren't good enough to qualify. It's um, simple facts of it. We knew mm. what we had to do going to Zimbabwe. We had to finish in the top two, and you know, I think we finished fifth in the end. So we were probably a long way off qualification. Yeah. Before we finish up, you know, you're obviously reaching that stage in your career, not retiring you just yet, but in terms of you are looking ahead to, to what's to come. And I know you spoke about during the summer that you're interested in umpiring, but you've also set up your own coaching kind of um, company. How's that kind of been going for you? And is that that's obviously an area that you're looking to get into? Yeah, well, I think you know, having been involved in the in the sport for you know, what, fifteen years or longer, you know, um, I think it's it's kind of a an easy transition to make. Um, well, an easy decision to make is to stay in the game, and I think you know, Irish cricket's been good to me um, over the last twenty years or so. Um, so you know, I want to give back to to a sport that I've loved playing. Um, you know, so I've started uh, probably the last two or three years. I've started getting involved with with some of the smaller clubs around Ireland. Um, mostly recently with Monaghan um, Cricket Club, um, so you know I've formed a partnership with them to go up and, and give them ten sessions, um, four or five pre-season and, and then four, or f four or five currently before Christmas and then four or five um, post-Christmas going, going mm -hmm. into the season. So you know, I think I've done a bit of bit of work with Galway uh, as well, and they've done a bit of work with Middleton down in Cork this this pre-season 2018. So you know it's an area where I think um, the smaller clubs, for example. Um, they don't have access to, to high quality coaching. You know, they don't, they don't have access to high quality facilities. So um, at the moment, so it's it's an area that's that I am looking to explore and try and give back to, you know, these clubs that are um, popping up everywhere. You know, um, I think every year there seems to be a new club popping up in Ireland. You know, it's it's an area that uh, that I feel that that I can help and you know if if I can get a, get involved with one club or two clubs and, and help them along. You know, it's it's going to be very um, you know. Very beneficial for them, but also for me going forward. Yeah. Um, you mentioned umpiring as well. I completed my level one course on, on the weekend, um, and this weekend coming now I've got my level two. So, come Sunday I can get out and umpire officially. Okay. Um, so that's a goal of mine this year is to umpire, umpire my first game. Um, it depends what level that will be. The uh, the branch will decide yeah. that to see how good I am. <laughs> so, but I think you know it's a it's a viable um, post cricket. Uh, transition. Mm. Um, you know, not many ex-players are, are considering umpiring in Ireland. Uh, when Mary Waldron's done very well yeah. from the women's side, and I think Albert Alvandermerv is has completed his level two as well. So you know, it's an area that potentially could grow and grow if, as as the game gets more popular here and as it gets more professional on the pitch. You know, you're going to need professional umpires umpiring them yeah. um, because ultimately you're going to be dealing with their careers. Um, you know, if you give someone a bad decision, he could lose his contract, etc., etc. So. Ultimately, down the line, I'm not going to say it's in the next two or three years, but you know, five, six years down the line, you could have a panel of five or six professional umpires in Ireland, and you know, if I'm one of them, if if that's the the area I want to go, you know, I'll give my best chance, and you know, ultimately, if I if I do pursue it, I want to umpire at the top. I'm not doing it to to umpire at Leinster League, which is no disrespect. Um, mm. You know, if I want to do something, I want to do it at the, at the highest level I can, and, and that's Test cricket. Sure, and you presumably you still want to. 
prolong your playing career for as long as you can. Obviously, with all the Cricket Ireland added fixtures and now just in general the, the T20 contracts or franchises around the world that you'd like to keep going for that for a few more years? Yeah, for sure. You know, as long as I'm enjoying playing and I'm enjoying the competition and, you know, I'll keep playing. It's it's more difficult now getting up at, you know, seven in the morning to go to the gym in the middle of November. Mm. But, um, you know, you got to get, uh, I get there and I'll put my kind of game face on and, you know, I, I, I've got things in my head that I want to achieve over the next couple of seasons and, you know, that's, that's kind of driving me on at the moment. Um, so yeah, we just got to keep the head down and try and stay as fit as I can and, and play as much as I can and, and contribute to, to wins for Ireland. And you know, if I'm lucky enough to play for another three months, if I'm lucky enough to play for another three or four years, um, you know, it's it's going to be a special time. Brilliant, Kev. Thanks a million for coming in. Best of luck in Nepal. Cheers. Thanks, thanks man. Cheers. Thanks, man.